This episode has been brought to you in part by the Azrieli Music Prizes. Join them in celebrating artistic excellence at the AMP Gala Concert, live from Maison Symphonique in Montreal, happening October 20th at 7.30 p.m. Eastern. Orchestre Metropolitain will premiere award-winning music by laureates Aharon Harla, Iman Habibi, and Rita Ueda. Learn more at azrielifoundation.org backslash AMP. with the Menschwormers. I'm James and my COVID beleaguered partner Gabe is here with me. Gabe, uh, can you can you murmur out a hi there? Hello. I'm uh, I'm better You don't seem that. My voice is going to be a little husky today, a little a little let's get those that that smooth sound in your earphones. Yeah. I just got well, that the, COVID voice. Uh, finally it took two and a half years but it finally caught up to me. Yeah, it exactly. Happened. We're all, we're all told at some point that the COVID monster has has come to us, and we just don't know when that's, that's right. going to be. That for whom um, for whom the bell tolls last, right now it is me, COVID bell. I, um, I think it's gone full circle now that that people who haven't had COVID, it's like, what's wrong with you? Do you not have friends? Do you not have a social life? Uh, yeah, I, so I. Congrats to you for for being so popular. I've had a kid in daycare for six months, and yet I somehow avoided it until now. Shocking. Um, anyways, uh, we will keep it sweet and short for your benefit of not having to talk too much. Um, but we do have a great podcast for you before Gabe got COVID. We did tape an interview with our, uh, our sister podcast host, Avi Feingold, uh, who hosts the Bonjour High podcast for the Canadian Jewish news. That's the, the sort of weekly news magazine podcast. Is that a, is that a fair way to put it? I think so. They're sort of the flagship, you know, general news Bonjour High the, the, the CJN Daily, the CJN, CJN Daily is like sure. the that's like the Daily, and Bonjour High is like uh, is, is like This American Life. Yeah, and we're yeah, right. like it's this Canadian Jewish life, and yeah. and, 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 and we're the Bulldog Briscoe Gonzo Sports Show. A big thanks to uh, uh, the kind Rebbe for giving us his time and his insight and his yeah. So so we talked very about exciting uh, uh, halakhic interpretations. Yeah, so we talked about the. Uh, Jewish opinions and ideas about sports gambling, uh, something we talked about a little while ago. Uh, certainly, I think listeners anywhere in North America that sports gambling has recently been legalized have been blanketed wall to wall with uh, gambling ads. And I guess the question is, uh, if you're a Jew, should you be doing it? And how are should you, you be doing it, et cetera? Are you going to open 5783 by placing, I don't know, some shekels on Team Israel to go far in the World Baseball Classic? Sure. Um, Did you already have a side bet going on uh, about how long the tequila was going to hold, uh, you know, during Rosh Hashanah? <laughs> Who knows? I mean, I think we got into it with Avi, and it's very interesting to hear his opinions. Um, how many blasts? So stick around. Can you yeah, bet on how... blasts or do you bet on length? Because I know there's I a length, set number of blasts, but they yeah, could throw in number. an extra, like, Shivarim. And, and I maybe, think I... maybe he screws it up and, it, like, his tongue gets in the way and that third blast gets, like, a tiny fourth one on the end of it. Well, this is the idea for it. We'll have to start think of some ideas for next year's of uh, some parlays we'll we'll have to offer to our listeners. Uh, take That's some right. action. As as Avi said, I mean, I think it's it's we we come on the conclusion that it's somewhat kosher, uh, and and now we have a rabbi seal of approval. So please uh, stick around for that interview with Avi. Um, before we get to that, we thought we'd do a little um, you know sunrise sunset. Uh, the MLB playoffs are coming on, and we should preview that a little bit. Talk about the Jews who are remaining and the other. Uh, 
two two big leagues that are starting up NBA and NHL. Uh, so let's start with baseball, Gabe. Um, as we're taping this, the Yankees, uh, I'm, I'm sad to report, just beat the Guardians. Um, we, we have and... lots of Yankee fans who listen to this podcast. And and first, yeah, I, I would care. like to I say, I, don't care I would like to say, um, uh, shucks. And then second, I would like to say, congratulations. The Yankees versus the Astros has really left me out without a rooting interest. Um, but the we meteor. should say that there are... You're rooting for the meteor. Mm. There are Jewish players on both teams. Uh, every every remaining team, as a matter of fact, there's there's four teams left. We've got the Yankees, the Astros, the Phillies, and the Padres. And every team has a rooting Jewish interest. So hopefully yeah. we can help you decide which one is the least objectionable. Should we start with the Yankees-Astros, Jamie? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, the Astros, of course, have uh, standout uh, third baseman and shortstop and outfielder extraordinaire Alex Bregman, uh, who has you know been just playing great this year it's been a real bounce back season uh and he had a really solid you know like classic Bregman campaign um going into the postseason he had a very uh solid ALDS 5 for 15 with a with a with a home run um against the Mariners and you know he's going to be a huge part of their team against the Yankees uh so he's probably you know he's probably he's probably the best bet I would say of all the remaining players uh, for, for who could win a uh, 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 the World Series MVP? Do we want a Jewish World Series MVP? That I, I ooh, good question. We should look into whether or not there's been any. I know I had that. Uh, I, I, I there has been. I'm pretty sure because I, I, I I've done the list of all the Jewish hardware and professional sports. And there has so, been. Um, so I I can uh, see so, it right now. Sandy Koufax has won it twice. Right. Okay. Um, so Larry Sherry was Larry Sherry Jewish. I think he was. Yeah, Larry Sherry was Jewish. Yeah. Larry Sherry has won it. Um, classic Mike Jacobs All Star Mike Schmidt has won it. Um, mm-hmm. Another Mike Jacobs All Star uh, Ben Zobrist has won it. Mm-hmm. Um, not Jewish, the two of them, but both you know seem to suggest they would. David Eckstein also. We get asked about him a lot. Not Jewish, but you got to go pretty far back to find a Jewish uh, uh, World Series MVP winner. Um, Oral Hershiser, another non-Jewish. Okay, so some Mike Jacobs Jewish. also, but Alex Bregman's probably the best bet. And then on yep. the Yankees, uh, outfielder Harrison Bader, who made it made his return after injury about a month ago, uh, will be on the ALCS roster. And unfortunately, um, Scott Efros didn't make the ALDS roster uh, or ALCS roster because he's uh, he blew it his elbow. I mean, he needs yes. John surgery now, which is too bad. Is, um, they, I'm sorry, my know, brain's not t- working because of the COVID. But what's the Yiddish name for Tommy John? Tomala. Good question. Tomala. Uh, John. John is sort of like Jonathan. Tomala Jonathan. Yeah. Tomala Jonathan. Uh, surgery on his. Tomer. Tomer Yon. It's not bad. Uh, so Scott Efros needs Tommy John, which which I think we should mention is bad for. Uh, I think there, you know, the anticipation was that he was going to be pitching for Team Israel in the World Baseball Classic in March, and uh, I, you know, certainly he's not going to be back from Tommy John surgery within six months. Absolutely. Uh, so not. that's too bad. Uh, um, but hopefully he'll be there to cheer the team on. Yeah. Um, however, and another, Harrison, uh, Harrison Bader should be another a, team. Israel player will be there for the Yankees. Harrison Bader. Yeah, that's right. So, um, you know, he, he was on the roster obviously uh, for the NLDS and, and had three home runs against the guardians. Uh, I think he's, you know, they're going to need his bat obviously to get over the Astros. Uh, hopefully he can continue on that, that strong hitting streak. And uh, and we'll see if the Yankees can make the World Series. And, and who are they going to be up against? Uh, in the NL, we have uh, the Philadelphia Phillies and the San Diego Padres. Now, a little less Jewish representation on this side. Um, but the still Phillies, some. 
Yeah, but still some. Philly's backup catcher, Garrett Stubbs, is Jewish. Um, people will The probably, magnificently probably... quaffed Garrett Stubbs. He has this beautiful, like, Jewish head of curly hair. That's right. And people will probably remember him uh, from the uh, Houston Astros, where he played last year. In the last few years, he made it to the World Series with them uh, when he was one of four Jews who made the World Series last year. Um, so he's the backup catcher in, in Philadelphia. Don't think he's going to be playing a ton. Probably probably gets into an NLCS game at least, you know. Especially from, with uh, the DH now. You know, he could get get a game or get, you know, a pinch running opportunity. He's a very fast runner. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, JT Real Mudos is, you know, as good a catcher as anyone, basically. he He's blocking him a little bit. So, uh, again, he might get into a game or two, uh, you know, as a, as a pinch hitter, pinch runner, something like that. Um, but who knows beyond that? And uh, then on the Padres side, the Padres don't have any players who are Jewish, as far as we know. Uh, but their manager is is the great Bob Melvin, uh, long of the Oakland A's. And yes, quite a baseball Mela coach. Yeah. So Bob um, Melvin will be obviously obviously never won one with the with the A's, but looking to to bring the dads to the World Series and their uh, their first. You no, know, he's got World almost Series. the Padres. Padres never won a World Series, have they? No. No, they have not. So. And Bob Melvin has, you know, over 50, almost 1,500 wins in his career. He's a, over right. 500 as a manager, been managing pretty much constantly for almost 20 years now. Um, wow. So it would be really spectacular to see him get that W. He's uh, my favorite thing about Bob Melvin, which is maybe the most Jewish thing about him, uh, is he spends uh, his off seasons uh, living in like a little apartment in Greenwich Village. Right. Uh, which is like quite, quite Bob Dylan-esque. I quite enjoy it. Yeah. Uh, so those are your Jewish rooting interests for, for Major League Baseball's playoffs uh, of the four remaining teams. Um, if you if you don't have anyone to root for, I mean, I guess I would choose Bregman and the Astros. Like they're, they're probably, you know, odds on favor to win at this point. Uh, and it saves you from cheering for the Yankees, who are, of course, the spawn of evil in the world uh, uh. and, you know, deserve to be contracted. I, <laughs> I'm going for the Padres. I think I'm rooting for the okay. dads. You've got, yeah. you've got a Jewish coach coaching a team full of guys from every other team in the league. They don't have a single homegrown player on I the know, NLCS so roster. Literally not one. Yeah. Um, and you know they're a team named after, I guess, like a Franciscan or Catholic uh, swinging friar. Um, That's and true. They're run by a couple of Jews. So That's true. love they're to insane. see that. Yeah. They're Don't a tell city named after, named after a saint. They're named for a, a Catholic friar, and yet they're run by a couple of Jews. So, and yeah. yet they're run by um, Jews. That's true. As as a Diego yourself, uh, do true. you ever find if you know? Do you find a rooting interest in in San Diego? In the San Diego? Uh, no, th- I don't think so. I mean, that would be like, do I root for a team from like Jamestown? If that's, I guess there's that's a city uh, <laughs> like the Virginia colony. I don't know. There's, yeah, there's James things. Uh, I don't. Tiago, doesn't any sort of Tiago Diego. Yeah. Um, anyway, so so that's it for baseball. Uh, let's just do a quick a quick uh, mention of hockey. Uh, there was a great rundown in the Jewish Tra- Telegraph Agency, Jewish Telegraphic Agency by Evelyn Frick of all the Jewish NHL players to watch uh, this season. I, I think you know this has been like the thing that we've mentioned time and time again. It's just like there's way more Jewish representation in hockey than there ever has been, um, and we don't know exactly like why we're in a golden age of Jewish hockey players, but like but we are. We absolutely um, are. You know, the Hughes brothers, friend of the podcast, Zach Hyman, uh, Norris Trophy winner uh, two years ago, Adam Fox. Adam Fox, sort uh, of real, like, nice Jewish boy energy, Jason Zucker. 
Yeah, Luke Cunin uh, recently joined the the San Jose Sharks. Uh, like up and down, there's there's Jews all over. So um, hopefully we'll we'll have some some people on as the year goes on to talk a little bit more hockey. I mean, I think uh, you know the Hughes brothers are are obviously um, are, are obviously really coming up, and uh, you know the youngest one. Uh, I think is he in the league yet, or Luke, is he going to be I in think, the league? I think he he may have finished um, at Michigan this year. Um, okay. Similarly. Uh, sort of another, uh, he was drafted fourth overall. He seems to be, no, he's got one more year at Michigan. He has eligibility to play for, uh, and then he'll probably okay. come to the NHL, I would assume. So maybe 20, maybe next year we'll be talking about Luke Hughes as a, uh, as, as a potential starter. Exactly. Uh, his first year as, on, as on the Devils. The Similarly, I think we can expect, um, Northeastern Canadian Olympic star Devin Levy, uh, to be, okay. to show up uh, in Florida sometime soon. He's sort of the heir apparent there, um. And he's you know, and, already been drafted and, and will be probably be coming up soon. So we'll keep it. And we should say to well. our to to our uh, you know our, our local listeners, people from Canada uh, who are listening to this podcast, you can stop you can stop rooting for your team at any time. They're not going to win. You can actually give up being a Leafs fan. It will absolutely improve your health, your quality of life. You'll sleep better. Food will taste sweeter. Um, you can do it. And if you want to root for someone instead, root for some Jews, you know, you can just, you can just pick up. Yeah. It, I'll, I'll tell you, it's the easiest thing in the world. Every year, look at who the Jewish players are, make a list, cheer for them, cheer for them, cheer for them, their teams. When they make it to the playoffs, cheer for those guys. Stop rooting for the Leafs. Stop rooting for the Canadians. My dear God, please stop rooting for the senators. Uh, <laughs> and you will feel better. Western Canada. Okay. Your teams might be a little better. You you have you have you know the the discretion to continue rooting for the the Flames and the Oilers and I don't know about the Jets probably probably a little tougher but that's that's my advice I, I'm not a big hockey fan but just root for the Jews you know you will, I, you will feel better I would agree I think you know there's some debate over who the most Jewish NHL team is it's probably something we could save for a later episode um, sure but boy I really think that we don't have you know, we don't have necessarily a Jewish theme of any, you know, mm-hmm. the Canadians, not necessarily all that Jewish senators for a long time. I think senators weren't really allowed to be Jews in this country. We've got another, we've got two teams that are called Canadians in Canada, mm-hmm. you know, Vancouver and, and uh, Montreal. So I guess those are both Jewish. Uh, some I've made Jews my pitch for Vegas. Vegas is a Jewish sports team, given, given Las Vegas's origins as a you know, being built by Jewish money to a certain degree. Exactly. Uh, I think, you know, if you, if you sort of embrace the, uh, what the anti-Semites say, a sort of a reclaiming thing, the New Jersey Devils with multiple Jewish players are a very good team to root for as a Jew, I find. Um, Or if you want to go for some trafe animals, uh, the Seattle Kraken will be a really good, uh, you know, you support the animal because you don't want to eat it. Yeah. Uh, so that's our that's our NHL preview. Again, I, I encourage you, Canadian fans and Canadians fans, to uh, put down your put down your flags and, and raise one for your tribesmen instead. Um, moving on to the NBA, just quickly, there's not really a lot to talk about. Um, obviously, someone we've talked about uh, at length before, uh, Denny Avdia, uh, who's the third year uh, Israeli player uh, for the Washington Wizards, uh, is you know back this year for another year. Uh, he has had a relatively slow start to his career. Uh, you know, averaged eight points a game last year. Um, hoping to make a leap. I mean, but certainly the Wizards have lots of room to, to do it. 
But unfortunately, he he has a groin injury that's holding him out of uh, the lineup right now. I think I think the feeling is that he's going to be back relatively soon. Um, so you know, keep an eye out for uh, for Denny Avdia. He hasn't played yet; like he hasn't played any uh, any preseason games or anything like that. But hopefully, he'll be back soon and, and be able. You know, he might might have a starting spot on the Wizards lineup. Uh, not really predicting that there would be a particularly good. He team spent this year. the summer playing for Team Israel, where I believe he did hurt himself. Um, yeah. Exactly. And and that's sort of, you know, it sucks that he's going to miss some NHL time, but he was fighting for his country. So we're all happy for that. Yeah. So look out for Denny Avdia. Uh, there were no, as far as I know, Jews drafted in the NBA draft this year. Um, I don't even think there is like, usually we like to highlight like, ah, this guy, you know, especially during a draft, like it's kind of exciting. Like, ah, this guy sounds like he could be Jewish kind of thing. Uh, but this year, like, you know, I, I was just looking over the NBA draft roster before. And uh, there's not even like a lot of guys who sound like they could be Jewish. Um, like Malachi <laughs> Branham may be the only one. Um, and I'm pretty sure he's not Jewish. Uh, so that's that's about it. That's all I got. I mean, maybe David Roddy, you could say, like sort of sounds like he could be Jewish, you know. But uh, I, again, I, I have no, no, no reason to believe that he is. And uh, Yeah, there aren't a ton of them. Minnesota, so I don't think he is. So. Uh, if anyone's aware of other Jews in the NBA right now, uh, we should say that uh, uh, our one of our favorite uh, Jewish athletes, Amari Stoudemire, um, was previously dra- previously coaching uh, with the uh, Brooklyn Nets and is not back this year. Uh, I don't know why or what the reason for is exactly, but he's not going to be back with the Nets. I mean, they are a bit of a dumpster fire, uh, or at least they can be. So who knows? Maybe he's just getting out from a a toxic relationship kind of thing. I hope so. I hope he's, you know, both happy and, and stays friends with Steve Nash. They have a really wonderful relationship. Yeah. He seems to be doing really well and uh, good Instagram follow. I would say Amari's Instagram is mostly just like making wine and studying Torah and like other, you know, brand ambassadorships and stuff like that. He seems like he's living a very nice life. That sounds absolutely lovely. Uh, So that, that'll take us to the end of our, uh, you know, NHL, NBA, MLB postseason previews. Why don't we go now to our interview with Avi Feingold. Hi, I'm Meredith Shiner, and I'm the host of a new podcast from Tablet Studios called The Franchise, Jews, Sports, and America. In this limited series... I'll be talking to journalists, athletes, professional sports nerds, and more about the intersections of contemporary Jewish American life and sports culture. This show tackles the big questions like, do we still need Sandy Koufax as our icon? And are the Mets the most Jewish team in sports? And are sports just? But really, it's a show that uses sports as the prism to explore the most pressing issues for American Jews today from identity to justice to assimilation or lack thereof. The show is serious and fun and serious fun. And I hope you'll listen to the franchise wherever you get your podcasts. We're joined tonight by Avi Feingold, rabbi extraordinaire and host of the CJN's uh, podcast, Bonjour Chai. Hi, Avi. Thanks so much for joining us. Of course, anytime, you know. Yeah, we, we, we've uh, we've granted you some temporary re- reprieve from a, a cold uh, Montreal suka uh, at, yeah. in the middle of the night in October. 
you know, it's weird. Like as a rabbi, like you, you see these guys like Sandy Koufax doesn't want to work on Yom Kippur. It's the, the nicest, most beautiful thing in the world. But as a rabbi, you try to take off for Yom Kippur and like, <laughs> yeah, it's, it doesn't work. That's your so world is, series. That's your pitching in the world series is, much, is Yom Kippur. Yeah. Pretty much. But I don't want like, you know, I, I don't have aspirations to be like the on the mound guy. I, you know, right. I don't know. I totally different. My, my, my dream is to be more like, I don't know, the Bill James of, of, of the rabbinic world. You know, let's bring is, like, is, hard statistics. To, right. You want to yes. know your is there is there a wins rabbi? above replacement for a rabbi? Well, of course. Prayers above oh, totally. replacement? It's, it's, it's no, it's the MKR. It's the M car. It's the minutes of Kiddush above replacement. <laughs> right, like how little, right. <laughs> Come on. Like that's, I think these search committees are just like, it's like the, the scouts in, in Moneyball. That, They're just sitting there. Be, like my gut tells me that this rabbi is the right one. Yes. No, you need, you know, you need a plus minus of like, you know, how many leniencies versus stringencies. That would be a very, a very a good rabbi. bit. Like yet of, another statistic. Yeah, that a ra- you rabbi should show up instead of like a traditional resume or talking about their interpretation of the text, just being like, last year I hit three seventy five on bar mitzvah mm-hmm. accuracy. You know, yeah. my my students did not miss a word. Like, just get yep. really statistic with it. Yeah, and 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 it's about balance. You gotta get, you get at the right team, right? So you have the like the the hippie rabbi, but you need the like the hardcore cantor that's like really focused. Right. Who's right. going to, you know, it's, you got to worry about match, salary match, caps match the and Q stuff. scores. Absolutely. So like there, this is not existing in the rabbi world, in the clergy world, right? We need to bring real math and statistics to, uh, to the Jewish thing. That, that's, that's do, do a little mitzvah ball. Absolutely. Mitzvah ball. Ooh, mitzvah that's a good one. Well, uh, Avi, we wanted to have you on and we should say that you're, you're the first rabbi who's joined us on our show. Um, we wanted to have you on because we talked a few weeks ago about the, you know, burgeoning sports gambling scene, certainly in Ontario, every other TV ad during, during a game is, is sports gambling. Uh, I'm not sure what the legal status is in Quebec yet, but I think as every province we is have, sort of moving we towards. Mutual, we've had it for, for decades. Right. I remember like Miso. But that's like pro-line. Quebec. Like that's, yeah, that's exactly. The three, yeah. Minimum three games, whatever it is. Yeah. But, you know, one jurisdiction after another, sports gambling is getting legalized and people are getting deluged by it. And I think people are trying it for the first time. Uh, and you know, we made some jokes about the names of some of the companies. Yeah, Jamie. Jamie mentioned awesome. earlier that it's it's a very you know, if you look at a lot of the synagogues, they're very gambling focused. We've got Bet Sedek and Bet Shalom and so on and oh, so forth. Yeah, yeah, it's better than. Um, I, I I I was I was actually recruited to go to a Congregation Ohave Kesef, right? The, the <laughs> <of mine>. but, <laughs> a step too far. So the question that we had that we wanted the rabbis' uh, input on is what is the Jewish view on gambling? What is the halacha around it? And uh, I guess from a from a maybe not religious, but ethical standpoint, is it something that Jews should be participating in? So I, I'm, I'm not sure if you're aware, but this actually goes all the way back to uh, at least 2000 years, right? So clearly okay. people have been gambling for quite a while. There's actually a mission about this um, in the Tractate of Sanhedrin, which uh, is like the procedures, legal procedures and how um, courts are established and witnesses and, uh, you know, all, all of that that happens, you know, in, in a courtroom. And right away, the, the first thing that is one of the first things that is discussed is who is disqualified from bearing witness, right? What right. disqualifies you from being a kosher witness? And the first thing that is listed is hamisachek bakubia, right? One who plays with dice. Um, so dice rollers are a problem. And then um, the next thing after is lending money with interest. And then those who fly pigeons, 
right, is, mm. is, is another part of the category. So uh, so Mike Tyson can't be a witness in Judaism. No, no, no. So Probably no, for it's all actually, of those reasons. It's pigeon racing, not just pigeon, oh, like, okay. beautiful, like, uh, and you know, the, 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 the Tyson. Well, so maybe you know the history better than me, but this is probably the history of, of uh, you know, 2,000-year-old pigeon racing in Canaan. Canaanite time seems like it would be a good uh, story for the Menchwarmers. Perhaps there is a there is a, a very famous pigeon race pigeon racer from the time well, who uh, embraced Judaism. I don't know. There is a there is. I mean, there's a famous episode in the um, in the Bible already where David um, in the book of Samuel. Sorry, it's not with David, but um, in the book of Samuel, you have uh, this war with the Philistines, and they're afraid of like they they recognize early on that if they you know, go to battle, a lot of people are going to die. So they take each side takes their 15 greatest men and decide to go one on one combat. Mm-hmm. And then they ended up like it's everybody, you know, they ended up being uh, totally tied. And, you know, whatever that discussion is, but there's a clearly an awareness early on that sport becomes the proxy for war. Do you, right. Did so any any biblical. of the witnesses ha- of that uh, battle have a perfect bracket by any chance? Oh, that. <laughs> We don't know what the action out. was on that. It's an archaeology. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. Somebody's carved it into record. a cave somewhere. And they're like, what does this mean? And what's going on? And like, it just takes some sports guy who is not like, you know, some, the intern, the archaeological intern goes, no, dude, that's a bracket. Come on. Yeah, exactly. Oh, it's a bracket. It's a bracket. It's mensch madness. Okay, so, yeah, mensch madness. So, 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 so just to dive in to that. To go Sanhedrin back to the, yeah, so, yeah. so the Sanhedrin. So basically the idea is, and the, the, the Talmud then goes and, um, tries to figure out what is these cases about. And then the later commentaries will then go and delineate and like, what are the limits of this? What are the extent of that? It's fascinating if you're into legal you know, theory. Um, the upshot of it, basically, according to most authorities and in the modern era, you, you can even see in the conservative and the reform responsa that discuss this, is the idea that if you earn your living either by doing something which is completely by random, Right, which is like you know dice, or if you even when it comes to uh, to pigeons, if you train them and you think that you're going to be able to like race the pigeons, and you know I guess that's the precursor to horse racing or dog racing, whatever it is that would send out mm-hmm. pigeons and whoever would come back first. So if this becomes your primary occupation, then clearly you are uh, you know you're not a contributor to society. Right. And that that is right. Who thinks that they are going to make a living on something which is purely a game of chance? Right. Um, and so that's and at that point, that's when the rabbis start limiting the discussion. You know, well, what if it, you know, what if you're not doing it for, you know, your living? What if you're just earning, uh, you know, you're not earning based on that. You're just having fun. It's an evening's entertainment and, uh, you know, some enjoyment that you hang out with friends and you do your thing and you go to the casino. Does that count as, you know, gambling or not? Or is it purely based on that? And then in the current current era, they will even go and expand it beyond that to, you know, you have these discussions of people who speculate in the stock market, Mm -hmm. right? Especially when it gets to day trading and really like um, advanced, you know, when you get to options and, you know, all of these puts and calls and stuff like that. And they're like, you know, most people don't know what they're doing. And if you earn your living based on that, that might potentially be considered gambling. So you, so that's where the discussion is. So, so that's broadly speaking where this discussion comes from and, and uh, you know, is there. Um, okay. Yeah. So a, a few questions, and I, I think maybe I am acquitted to, to ask some of this because I, I am a lawyer and, and I know okay. this is the, the legal aspect of things. So is the prohibition on, on being a witness, how serious is that? 
in terms of a, a disqualification? Is that like a little, you know, slap on the wrist? Okay, we can't trust this guy as much as anybody else. Or is it saying like, this is this is not a, you know, someone we want to associate with? So that's interesting because it doesn't forbid you from doing it, right? Mm-hmm. It doesn't go and say, God forbids you from gambling, right? It's right. not a sin in that sort of sense. It's not in the criminal code, right? Mm-hmm. As something that is forbidden. But if you do it, right, you are forbidden from taking part in this, right? Imagine um, somebody who gets, uh, I don't know, disbarred, right? They, it's not a legal, I guess it's a legal category. They can do whatever they want, right? They haven't been punished by society, Mm -hmm. but they are no longer permitted to do certain things and have this level of trust, right? Sometimes you lose your ability to be a bonded, to be bonded for some job or another, right? So, so think about it. It sounds, it sounds a little bit more like a regulation than a law. If that's, you know, a distinction Mm -hmm. that makes sense here that it's not, it's not cut and dry. I mean, obviously Judaism has a lots of laws that are very prescriptive. Thou shall, mm-hmm. thou shall not. Exactly. Is, so that's what I'm more, pointing out. You know, if you do this, then you can't be a witness. It doesn't seem as quite as severe. Yeah. The flip side of it is you can say that it's even more severe because this is one of the times when you're punished by society, mm-hmm. right? As opposed to by God, where society goes and says, well, no, you cannot witness in court, right? If you witnessed a murder, your, your witness is, uh, your testimony is automatically disqualified because you're one of right. those people that is untrustworthy. And then I guess the other main question I would have is is similar to what you brought up with the day trading is 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 a game of chance like like dice is that mm-hmm. the same as a game that requires some skill? So I was know, also a, wondering a, this from from, yeah. from a legal perspective. People have used this argument specifically in relation to uh, professional poker playing, mm-hmm. and I think have been or successful. In, or, yeah, they've yeah. and they've been successful in saying that this isn't a game of chance. Uh, you know, I'm a better poker player than most. Or I'm a professional. And I can do this. And mm-hmm. I, I certainly think the same is true of, of sports betting. There are sharps who, uh, you know, make enough that they cover the dig and, and can make a li- living sports gambling. Not, you know, not taking advantage of arbitrage or anything like that or, or luck. It's just that, yeah, they, they know the odds. Uh, they, they can handle it better. Does that change it from that sort of dice game to being something else? Yeah, so... That, that discussion is there because it's really not that far off from, as I said, from the stock stock world where anything can literally happen in stocks. And so it kind of is still a gamble. But if you know what you're doing, you know, you're not doing that. And most people who aren't right, the obvious bets are bets that you don't make a lot of money on. Right. I mm-hmm. I'm not going to get rich betting that the Maple Leafs are not going to win the Stanley Cup this year. Right. <laughs> yeah. Buy me a new patio umbrella. There you yeah, go. Anyone willing to take the other side of that action is, is uh, you know, they're, they're just a, a, they're the shlemiel and the shlemazel. Yeah, I remember like from 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 parimutuel betting where you would have to like, you know, you, you pick your three your three games and there was always that kid who was doing it because like, you know, it's Quebec. You can do whatever you want that you go to the you'd go to the lot of Quebec counter and they'd be like, yeah, you want to play on three games? Yeah, sure. You, we don't care if you're 13 or you look 15 or whatever it is. And there's always that kid who's like, oh, I'm going to pick the lowest possible like odds for three games in a row and I'm going to win. And I'm like, great. You put down two bucks and you won 260 or right. 223, you know, <laughs> like nobody's getting rich off of that. And so the, the I think that what it comes down to is the people that really spend all of their time as sharps looking for all of these angles. And there's, there's so many, I mean, there's a whole season actually of uh, gamblers, which is a ringer podcast. And if you've been listening to it, uh, I haven't listened to it, but I know the podcast um, about sharps in Vegas and the people that sit there and like, (laughs) I thought you were going to say a whole season about Jews. No, (laughs) (laughs) no, but uh, yeah. And, and 
And I guess, you know, you hear this and you admire it, but then you say to yourself, well, how are you contributing to society by spending your entire day looking for these angles to try to make money right. um, as opposed to doing something constructive? And that's where the rabbis would go and say, you know, you may have some sort of intelligence on this, but what's the what's what have you done? What is the measure of your days? Um, and so, again, may not be illegal, but um, what is going on here? Um, and I think that, you know, when you're dealing with covering the VIG is very different from so much of what happens now in sports betting where, you know, like the coin toss and is the is the first play going to be, you know, uh, a pass or a throw? Uh, what's right. the score going to be at the first quarter, right? What's every, the thousands of bets that happen at every possible moment, that to me is where it's really up to chance mm-hmm. and you know what are you doing and, and are you doing this for fun or are you doing this because you actually want to make a, a living you know i i was reading about some rabbi who went and said you shouldn't even be joining a rotisserie league or doing your fantasy you know pool and i'm like i disagreed with that and i'm just a guy i'm not like sure. mr super rabbi or anything but in my mind there's a fundamental difference between putting 100 bucks down with 10 friends and, you know, creating a league, uh, a fantasy league that you're actually getting more enjoyment out of that hundred bucks that you would get out of your four months of, uh, Netflix, right. You're, you're right. really getting to enjoy it. And that's part of the enjoyment is saying, yeah, I might win off my friend something, but it's really more about the, the actual week to week and day to day of the, you know, the trades and the, and the, and, and, and it creates and a certain amount of, it creates a certain camaraderie. amount of community, commu- camaraderie and community. It, so I, in that you know, sense, there's a difference between the guy who's doing it just for fun or going to even the casino and playing right. roulette just for an evening and saying, I'm okay. I'm not, I'm not addicted. I can easily go two years without going into a casino. And when I go in, I bring a hundred bucks and that's all I do. We, we should point out yeah. that um, interestingly enough, both the guy who, who popular, the guy who's considered to be the, the creator of rotisserie baseball, uh, Daniel Ockrent is sure. Jewish, of course. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think some of the most prolific gamblers in American history, obviously, were as well, you know. Uh, mostly like ones Arnold that Ross, had to do Arnold with Rossi sports. And, <laughs> mostly, mostly Arnold Rossi and fixing the World Series. I, I mean, I think we could go and say that, like, there's something about fixing a game, fixing a competition that would probably falls pretty squarely within, I don't know, bearing false witness uh, or stealing, you know, that that's pretty pro- yeah. uh, directly. So let, let's bracket that and say that that's actual cheating and that's, you know, actual, you know, uh, theft. I, I would the argue that are honestly going for it. Are, yeah. I would argue that the sports gambling and the fixing of the World Series was probably not the X factor in whether or not Arnold Rothstein was going to make a living. He had plenty of other, uh, uh, what do we call it? Illicit dealings as well. Sure. It's like the tax evasion for, uh, you know, exactly. Is, that's uh, not what, the, the, yeah, the World Series is not what's disqualifying him from bearing witness. If we're going <laughs> to get the guy on, you know, withholding confidential documents, top secret do- documents from the from the Justice Department, if that's what it's going to take, you know, to put a guy away, then that's what it's going to be. Right. Well, that's interesting. I, I think, I think hypothetical, about the, um, total hypothetical. Total hypothetical. It has nothing to do with anything. <laughs> It is interesting, though, because I do think about the speculating side of it as well being such an interesting thing where it's like, you know, you read stories. Uh, um, I forget the guy's name, but he was called like Sam the Banana Man who like cornered the the fruit trade in New Orleans uh, back in the early part of the 20th century. And it's like that guy just like he just played the numbers and figured it out better than anybody else and speculated on it. And I think, you know, ended up being the equivalent of a billionaire back then. Um, but I guess he, but it, but it was also for some good purpose. I mean, 
you need you need speculation on on commodity pricing or uh, things don't get grown yeah. and things don't and get sold. And you also sold, you, know? you also make sure that there's no insider trading there. And then the whole point sure. of you know uh, the market and the market regulations is to make sure that speculation doesn't turn into uh, fixing. Mm-hmm. Um, and you don't have that, or we make sure that we try to make sure that we don't have that in sports. Right. Right. That so it's, any, it's as and free I guess, and fair as possible. And that's the same rules, I guess, you know, any sort of fixing inside of things, you know, that goes beyond the getting an edge or something like that. That's just, you know, prohibited stealing, theft, uh, yeah. lying, whatever you want to call it. And remember that the entire purpose of sports, if you ask me, right, in modern society is that it's the only entertainment that nobody really knows the outcome to. You'd never bet on the ending of a movie. Right because somebody knows the ending. A lot of people know the ending of the movie and it would be silly to go and think that you're the person you're betting with might not be one of those people. This is, this is how I feel about spoilers that I think there should be no, if, if you can't watch it on time, then you, you deserve to get it spoiled because the statute of limitations on spoilers is maybe 24 hours because it's not like it's a thing that is unknown. Everyone <laughs> is aware of what happened. Society doesn't have to bend to you. Sorry. Rant over. Well, no, come on. I mean, look, I mean, the whole point, the whole purpose of the Torah, right? We're coming up on, on Simcha Torah. I don't know how far ahead are we. Or it's a great tie-in. It, it right? should be, this Torah. should be coming out just around Simcha Torah, yeah. Done. So Simcha Torah. You can, you think people it. should listen to this episode after finishing the Torah, but before starting it again. Because, because what happens at the very end of Simcha Torah, of the, 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 of the Torah itself? We start all over again. Yeah, but what happens at the very end? Uh, sorry, at the end of Simchat Torah? Uh, of Vizot HaBrachah, the last part of the whole Torah, right? Okay, what, so what's what the What happens? What happens? The last major event, Moses dies. Ah. Right now, Gabe is like, no, spoiler! Yeah, right? exactly. We do it every year. <laughs> we, we go over it every year. And, and, and the fact that we start right away at the beginning means that like, hey, you know, we should, uh, uh, okay, there's no spoilers in the Torah. But there's always, <laughs> you know, that's the same thing. And it's the same idea, you know. Go learn. Go, go look at the ending. It's not going to kill the beginning, and it'll still be interesting. I can but see the show notes now. There is no. There is no. Um, there is no spoilers in sports because you never know what's going to happen. Yeah, I, I, I can see the show notes now of saying, you know, Gabe and Jamie and Rabbi Avi Feingold discuss sports gambling. Also, Avi spoils the Torah. <laughs> yes. Uh, so we well, have another question we'd like to get that's to. That's the only problem. You see, that's the whole thing that happened with Christianity, right? We're mad at the Christians because they spoiled the ending that the Messiah showed up. And we're like, no, don't tell us that. He's still supposed to be here. <laughs> that's, that's the thing about Jesus. He's just a spoiler. Yeah. Gabe, sorry, you, had a, you said you had another question you wanted oh, to uh, Well, we, we also want to discuss, you know, it's, it's recently started in the season, Avi. And, and are you a football fan? And I, yes, yeah, sorry. You finish first, and then we'll ask the question, the well, rabbinical are, are question. Are we talking Canadian football or American football or global football? Uh, I would say the gridiron football. And not the Canadian version, not the one where you can get a rouge. I think that's still gridiron. That counts as gridiron. It is, but I mean, as soon as you get into meters and three three downs, we're not dealing with the same level of violence as you're dealing with. In, in that's a good football. point. Let's be, that's let's a very good point. So that's excellent You put that in. The level of violence is something that has obviously come very clearly to um, clearly to sports fans and sports writers recently in both football, hockey, to a lesser extent. They seem to have made some changes, but it's still an issue. So is there a, a rabbinical decision, Rabbi, mm-hmm. on whether or not violence for entertainment is ethical? Um. 
it's weird. It feels like it's such a no brainer that I can't, I can't think. You can say no. You can just say no. No, I'm just trying to say like, Hey, maybe some rabbi actually talks about that. And I'm trying to remember, I, maybe it's totally blanking on me. Maybe I'm right in that. It's so obvious that nobody would even bother to go and talk about this. Um, but, but, violence as a spectator thing is probably something that is frowned on in Judaism. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, it's, uh, I think that if a sport is done in good fun and um, even when it's played at the peak of its, you know, you know, people that are really working uh, all day to, to, to show off their physical prowess and show how good they can be um, the best sports occasionally have, things which get physical. Um, but I would say that if it's if it's more incidental to the nature of the game mm-hmm. as opposed to the very purpose of the game itself, right? So it's like, are you watching NHL or are you watching, you know, uh, Shorzy or any any other like scrappy major junior high hockey? Yes. Where half of the game is pretty much like the purpose of it and people are only showing up for the fights. So it's right. so you're saying it's very unlikely that Rabbi Akiva would like watch some people fight in the street in Tiberius for fun. Yeah, I, I can't imagine that that was, uh, especially because remember that we were probably the ones being thrown to the lions, right? When you had this violence for sport. Sure. Um, and so we probably have a little bit of trauma from that. Avi, I, I thank you so much for for your time and, and for joining us. I think I think you know we have a pretty good understanding of where we stand from an ethical perspective. You know, gambling okay if it's just a hobby, if it's fun, probably I didn't, okay. I didn't talk about ethics here. You know, yeah, that's true. This you, is you like Rabbi well, Kristofsky. Rabbi, should I buy sure. a Cadillac? <laughs> but, ra- but Rabbi, does proverbs not say that dishonest wealth will dwindle? But what is yeah, that? Or or I did Rabbi, but does does Videotron not offer full coverage <laughs> all over the island? Yes. <laughs> well, thanks so much, Avi, for being here today and talking about the you know Jewish perspective on gambling. I think this is something that Jewish sports fans uh, are going to have to be increasingly aware of as, as sports gambling continues to take a, a solid foothold. Anytime. Well, thanks again to Avi for joining us. Uh, first rabbi we've had on a show, Gabe. Uh, first, hopefully, hopefully not the last. Uh, We'll need to get some other rabbis on at some point. We're, we're becoming, you know, a a real pulpit for halakhic discussion. It's very nice. Maybe maybe the next move is to have a cantor a cantor on to uh, I don't know to sing to sing some to uh, sing our Jewish, Jewish sports, sports songs. songs. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, uh, sorry the um, the cantor that I want to have on, uh, of course, is the uh, the announcer uh, for. Uh, for for soccer around the world, Andres Cantor. Andres Cantor, yes, maybe the most famous Jewish cantor there is. Uh, yeah. We should we should look at getting Andres Cantor. That would that I guess you could say that that guest is a pretty big goal for us. Good, With the World nice. Cup coming up in a couple of weeks, we can get our production yeah. team on that. I'm I'm pretty sure he's reachable. Well, the World Cup really is starting soon. We should think about some content for that. Uh, Andres Cantor might be the only Jewish element in it. Uh, uh, we, but we'll have to look. We'll have to look a little deeper and, and find some other stuff. And uh, I got a couple of ideas. I got some. We got okay. some ideas for you people brewing to get there. There's there's a lot of Jewish soccer players we could talk about. Maybe some we can interview. Talk about their World Cup experiences. Sounds good. Um, until next time, you can find our work as always at the Canadian Jewish News website, the CJN.ca. Uh, there's a Canadian Jewish News page on Facebook, and of course our Twitter. Uh, our, our Twitter is always happening with 
news and uh, hot takes on Jews and sports and uh, whatever else is on our mind. Uh, and you can find that at Menschwarmers, uh, at least until uh, Kanye gains access to the platform and uh, goes death con three on us. Um, as always, we're executive produced by Michael Freeman. Uh, and thanks so much for being with us. And please like and subscribe to our podcast wherever you Join author Karen Levine in marking the 20th anniversary of the extraordinary true story behind her beloved children's book, Hannah's Suitcase. You'll hear how the curator of a small Holocaust museum in Japan wound up on an incredible global journey, searching for a young girl named Hannah Brady. Sunday, October 30th at 2 p.m. at Beth Emmett Synagogue in Toronto. To learn more and register for free, visit beby.org event OCT30.